How to stop looking at porn for smart, family-oriented men who want to learn to sustainably let go of porn in a way you can enjoy and look forward to. Learning to be proud of the man that you are. I'm Danny Pullman. I'm a certified life coach. I've been coaching guys on this for several years now, have been in the porn quitting game for years beyond that, and I use this podcast to share what I've learned. This is a movement. It is happening. Join with us and start winning against porn. Hey guys, today we're talking about rule versus tool, and for those of you who like breaking rules, or a part of you kind of likes breaking rules, like me, <laughs> there's a part of me that really likes breaking rules, guys, um, you're going to like this one, and we're going to talk about how to use that part of you to your advantage, okay? Um, Lindsay and I went to the mastermind last week with the life coach school and it was this giant room full of coaches and it was so fun um all these people that can just like geek out on coaching with forever and just talk about (laughs) stuff and get excited about the same stuff forever um so much fun so much fun Lindsay and i got uh each got some awards an award at the conference and um, another kind of fun milestone that I felt like sharing, just that's related to what we're talking about, is uh, last year I made more money in my coaching business than my best year as a dentist, right? And um, this is like huge for me because back when I was thinking of changing careers, <laughs> it was I was terrified, and I, I thought it wasn't okay, but because there's part of me that's willing to break the rules, here I am in this career that is an even better fit for me, where I actually get to offer uh, things that are even more valuable to people. I mean, dentistry is great, and it's super valuable, and it's an important service of course but I, I maybe it's just a, a value that I more prefer to offer to people now as the practitioner <laughs> but uh, how awesome is that I just love like thinking back to terrified past version of me and just letting him know like hey it's gonna be okay there you have options and uh, you can make this work too and it might even work way better. Um, so hang in there, keep going, right? Um, so fun, so fun. And um, so let's dive into this. When you are not keeping commitments to yourself, it is not about finding more willpower, okay? What it's actually about is looking more closely at your relationship with yourself. And what is our relationship with a person or a thing? It is our thoughts about that person or thing, okay? So when you commit again to that change you want to make and then you find yourself falling in your face again or not following through again, don't tell yourself, I just got to be stronger. Just got to find more willpower, right? Use it as an opportunity to get curious, okay? A lot of us like to jump to judgment, in those situations, what we want to start doing is practice just being curious. What happened? 
be a scientist of your own brain, of your own life, right? Oh, look, how we just did it didn't work. Let's learn what we can from that. Here's what didn't work. Oh, here's what did sort of work. And how can we incrementally improve in one or a few small ways next time, right? And find that that nuance, that uh, incrementalness, <laughs> instead of trying to do it in one big fell swoop, right? Um, and look at the relationship with yourself that you have and get curious what is going on there, right? Um, why do I keep these commitments so readily and willingly with this person over here or with my boss or with my kid or with whoever, right? But then when it's just me with myself, I am not keeping commitments I'm not taking them as seriously or following through as firmly, right? Like, why is that? Let's just get curious. Instead of just saying, oh, that's just how it is and it sucks, that's just how I am. Let's let's start asking why. Why is that happening, right? And find out, because there are some reasons there, and they're happening in your brain. It has to do with what you're thinking. And as soon as you clear those up, uh, you can make some shifts that you're looking for more easily, okay? So... Um, one of the reasons I'm talking about this today is had a client um, kind of tell me this. He he's like, he's like, I'm just the kind of guy who, and I can relate to this, right? I'm just the kind of guy who, like, once he decides, he just follows through, right? Like, once I decide, I do it, and I get this, and. Um, on the one hand, like it's one thing to kind of notice that about yourself, but also there's an optional thought in there, right? And so it sounds awesome when you hear this. It sounds really pretty at first. I think what I'm going to talk to you about is how this kind of idea, um, it, unless we kind of like qualify it and just check in with how we're approaching it, uh, sometimes it's not as helpful as we think, Okay. And um, so we're going to dive into that. When we make it this thing that once I decide, I follow through forever, um, that can make it really big, right? It, it can make this decision that we're uh, practicing, making, into this big thing. And I think it's kind of, it can be part of like the fantasy of it and the wishful thinking side. Like, I, I think this is why a lot of people like, uh, think they just want to do it cold turkey, right? They want to make changes like this cold turkey because I think we feel like then we can just get it over with in one big hustle push and then don't have to worry about it from there, which sounds kind of nice, right? Um, for most of us, it doesn't work that way, right? In my experience, it like most guys just don't do it that way uh, with porn and with other things right even if it's like a career change type thing um had another friend of mine this week who he's uh looking at switching uh from his corporate career to build his own business and he's like once i make that decision there's no turning back and i was like how does that feel in your body <laughs> and he's like uh yeah, I guess it feels kind of tight and like it makes it big. It adds all this pressure to it, right? And I was like, what if 
you don't have to change, make it into this giant change. What if we make it into something you sort of just step into and try and also know that you have options all along the way and you can always go back to how it was, right? And he's like, oh my gosh, that's so much lighter and more helpful and it allows me to actually go try this new thing more move forward more readily and um anyway so these are just some of the ways where telling ourselves that once we make that decision there's no turning back might not be as helpful as we think because it can prevent us from even moving forward and trying some new things okay it's like we we lock ourselves in and if you listen to the podcast a few episodes ago where I talk about restriction versus constriction, it's the same thing just with the way that we make plans and commitments to ourselves, right? So um, so let's talk about this. Um, when we one, one of the things I do with my clients is we come up with a protocol for themselves, right? And the idea is Yes, making decisions ahead of time and learning to rely on decisions that we've made already and ahead of time with our upper brain, our prefrontal cortex, right? Super useful. And it's an important skill to build, uh, especially when you're trying to quit porn and change a habit like that, right? Um, Or commit to any new thing. And um, can be such a powerful thing to decide ahead of time and practice leaning on that more. It gets your upper brain in charge more, uh, or at least your upper brain. Your upper brain is always in charge, but you get to experience things as though your upper brain is in charge more of the time when you build this skill. Right. However, the point of this exercise is to. Have it come from you as a protocol that you've chosen for you, right? Like I can give guys a protocol maybe that's worked for me or for someone else, but that's not necessarily going to be the same protocol that works for them, right? It can give you some ideas and a starting point, um, which can help you get started. But that being said, you always got to make it your own as you go, okay? Because if it's someone else's, it's not going to have the staying power. You're not going to commit to it as wholeheartedly, right? If it's yours, then it's so much easier and more fun (laughs) to choose to commit to it, right? So it's got to be yours. And what, what I see happen with a lot of people is they start out this way with their protocol and it feels like it's theirs, right and they're excited about it and it feels empowering but then as they go uh they let it be less and less theirs right uh the way that this happens is it's almost like we turn this list or this plan or protocol into a set of rules for ourselves that we need to or are supposed to follow right um and then it's not yours anymore, right? It Suddenly it's this thing external to you that you're just supposed to do that you got to force onto your life. And um, and then it can actually make, when we make it a rule for ourselves, for those of us who have that 
part that likes to break rules, it can actually make it more appealing to go off of your protocol, right? And go do those things that you're, you actually planned to not do and decide not to do, right? This totally applies to diets, by the way, <laughs> for people who are dieting or wanting to lose weight or uh, to learn to eat differently with different eating habits. Uh, totally applies, right? Have, you can probably relate if you've tried it where it's like, okay, I'm going to try this diet that someone else designed. And sure, it can be useful. A lot of times they're based on scientific principles and studies. And um, so it can give you great ideas, right? You can learn a lot from looking at different diet approaches out there. Um, but that being said, if you approach this diet as though, okay, I'm not supposed to eat that anymore, and I'm not supposed to eat this anymore. It can become this thing external to you that you're almost victim to, and it kind of, it just sucks to feel like you're victim to this thing external to you, <laughs> right? Um, like it's your taskmaster or something. And so, um, and then, and then we can forget in the moment, like, oh, wait, I signed up for this. Like, I chose this as my plan, <laughs> right? This isn't Mr. Atkins. Do you remember the Atkins diet? This isn't Mr. or Mrs. I actually don't know. Was it a Mrs.? This isn't Mr. or Mrs. Atkins coming and with a whip and telling me, don't touch that or I'll smack you with this, right? <laughs> that's That's not how it is, like... You chose that plan for you, uh, but then we start turning it into this thing that's just like this set of rules that we're supposed to do, and makes us more, makes it not as fun, and makes us more likely to not follow it. At least for me, right? And so that's where this idea of rather than making it a rule for yourself, use it as a tool, right? So when we make a protocol or a plan or commitment. It's not, we don't need to have it become our new rule for ourselves. What if instead it's just this tool that we are using to help ourselves learn more about ourselves, to learn more about our relationship with ourselves, um, to learn more about what's going on in our brain and what comes up along the way uh, when we have these urges to not follow that plan, Right? Um, it's, it's a tool to help highlight what are my things that kind of set me off or that trigger me or what are those situations where I notice this comes up for me more than others, right? When you have a clearly written down and regularly reviewed protocol for yourself with specific things on there, it makes it so much clear and easy to identify things like this, your critical moments, right? Um, it's so empowering that way. But if we turn it into this taskmaster and this thing that we're just supposed to do and it's bad if we don't do it, in and if we do it, that somehow we've just failed utterly, right? <laughs> Instead of making room for failure along the way, then um, it becomes a drag, right? And uh, just not as fun, not as helpful. So um, what if rather than going with this idea that like once I decide and commit to it, uh, there's no other option but to follow through, right? Um, 
Like I, I see the idea there that we think is helpful. Um, but what if instead, all along the way, we know that we have options, right? Like I can actually change my mind at any point along the way. And uh, I know some of you might think, but then that just makes me more wishy-washy and maybe I'll flip-flop more. And But you can do this at the same time as relying on your commitment, okay? It just changes the experience of committing. And for me, it frees up a lot of space, makes it feel a lot easier. Um, just knowing, you know, I can change my mind at any point along the way. I have permission to do that. Right, but what do I choose for me right now? And then in those moments of having urges to not follow your protocol, instead of, uh oh, here's that thing that I'm not supposed to do, and see, it's written right there in my plan, don't do this, right? Instead of that, what if we do it this way? What if we we notice, like, oh, look. I have an urge to not follow through with my plan, right? That's interesting. Fascinating. Where do I feel it, right? Uh, Do I have to stick to this plan? No, I don't. What do I choose for me in this moment, right? I can change my mind if I want. Which part of me do I want to trust and lean into when making a decision like this, right? Do I want to go with my lower brain that's really short-term oriented and focused on creating big impulses and avoid pain, seek pleasure, be energy efficient, hide in a cave, right? Um, Do I want that to have the final say? Or here's this thing that's not forced upon me. It's not from someone else. It's actually from me. It's from me when I wrote down this protocol with my higher self and using my upper brain, my prefrontal cortex, right? When I was thinking really clearly about what I want long term, like this is from me. Do I have to do it? No. I thought it was a good idea when I was in that mode. Um, What do I want to listen to right now, right? And then it just becomes a tool and a resource to consider in that moment, rather than the rule of law that must be followed or bad and evil happens, right? Um, Because when someone has a rule like that for me, I mean, there's part of me that wants to break it, guys, right? When you don't let it be a rule, then that part of you that likes breaking rules, it doesn't even come into play because there are no rules to break, right? So let's let's throw out the rule thing so that that part of us that likes breaking rules doesn't even have something to play with. You know what I mean? Um, it can make such a difference. Okay, so um, another thing to keep in mind as you're doing this is if you are creating plans for yourself, whatever you're committing to, um, it's not about finding the perfect plan, Right? Like, sometimes we focus so much on finding the perfect plan that we don't even start doing something, right? Or committing to something. And so, rather than trying to find the perfect plan, just create a plan 
that's the best you can come up with, right? And commit to that, and then know that you can adjust your plan as needed as you go, right? Make it easier for yourself to start by not expecting yourself to have a perfect plan going into it, okay? And then also plan for failures, right? Like, um, like part of learning to ride a bike is falling off your bike, right? There's not really a way around that. You're going to fall while learning to ride a bike. And it's the same thing with porn, right? Like the cold turkey thing does not happen for most people because that's not how we learn things as humans, right? Most of us don't hop on the bike the first time and just glide, right? We've actually fallen lots of times. And so in your plan, even though we're practicing learning to do less and less of this thing, uh, plan for how you'll handle those failures and plan in a way that does it effectively and better than before, that uses it to your advantage, right? That makes the the fail a useful experience for you in your overall long-term commitment, okay? So, um, so make it easier on yourself by not expecting yourself to find the perfect plan, right? And just go with the best plan, your best guess that you can come up with right now. And then also put a plan in there that helps you to uh, take advantage of the fails, okay? Uh, best way to do that is retroactively evaluate what happened and get curious. Take the judgment out and shift to curiosity, okay? So here are a few practical approaches that kind of coincide with some of the stuff we've talked about. Um, this first one is from James Clear, uh, the two-minute rule, right? Use the two-minute rule when you're looking at starting something. Maybe you're like wanting to work out that day, or a lot of guys, um, I teach them self-coaching tools, and so they'll practice their self-coaching um, during the week in between our sessions. And, um, and sometimes when you want to go get yourself to exercise your brain in this way or go exercise at the gym, um, it's like... There's part of us is like, once we start, it's going to be this hour-long thing for sure, right? But you can use a two-minute rule, which means just do it for two minutes, right? Like, just start and do it for two minutes and give yourself serious and full permission to stop after the two minutes, right? And I actually recommend, like, doing that sometimes. Like, try the two-minute rule and actually stop after two minutes, just to show yourself that that's an option, <laughs> that you can actually work out for two minutes and then stop, right? You can self-coach for two minutes and then stop. Um, try it, okay? Uh, another thing you can do in line with this sort of rule uh, is set a time limit and show yourself that you'll stick to it, okay? If there's something, if there's something you wanna do or practice and you know that there have been those times in the past where once you start, you just kind of practice for like an hour, hour and a half, or it kind of just goes and goes, right? Um, show yourself that you can actually pick a time limit and stop at that time limit um, just to build that part of your relationship with yourself. Because then 
you can know when making future decisions, like, oh, yeah, it doesn't actually mean that I'll just be engrossed in this thing for hours once I start, right? I actually can choose when I stop and set an alarm or whatever you got to do, okay? Also, setting the time limit can actually make you more efficient with how you use that time, right? Um, there can be less time filling, and if you really make yourself stop at that time limit, then it can totally change um, the way that you use that time because you know there's a time limit, right? I mean, think about like uh, when you're uh, when you've had those big homework projects that you had like six weeks to do it and you didn't do it at all or maybe you spent a bunch of time on it and it wasn't that productive but then in those last two days leading up to it you're super productive because you know there's a deadline and that deadline isn't just external to you like you've chosen to be on board with that deadline right like that's your power so you can use that to your advantage G give yourself time limits and deadlines um, as as you're experimenting and how you want to build this relationship with yourself, okay? And then um, we already mentioned plan how to handle your fails more effectively if they happen, right? I like putting in the plan that word if, so then it's not just like inevitably there will always be more and more of the same kind of failing again and again. It's like, okay, if this happens then how am I going to handle that, right? And have a plan for it. Write it down. Then you have something to refer to in the moment, okay? And then um, lastly, um, instead of I'm, I'm supposed to do it this way, right, and locking yourself in to that, that plan or that thing you've committed to, right, instead of that, uh, if you're having an urge to not follow your plan, right, get curious. What part of me do I choose to trust and listen to on this current decision, right? My lower brain, my upper brain, my intuition, right? Or inspiration, or if you like to seek higher power in these situations too, um, you use that to your advantage. But also just keep in mind with the higher power thing, um, if you feel like the higher power in your life, or God, or however you want to call that, is uh, is recommending a certain course of action, um, we can use that against ourselves too, right? So, um, so rather than saying, I have to do this and I should, and I'm supposed to, or else I'm bad, and we'll be cut off and disconnected from this higher power, right? Um, I believe in loving heavenly parents, right? And I think they get it. I think they get it, guys. They know we're going to um, not follow through with all our commitments, and we're not going to listen to everything they say, right? Like with my kids, I know they're not going to do everything I request of them every time, right? And when they don't, there are certain consequences, but I'm not cutting them off from me. I love them just as much, and, and I see that it can be valuable for them to have those times uh, that are part of their learning, right? Like, I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I want that for them even, right? So, um, so then your protocol becomes not a list of rules, but a tool that can help you to remember 
what your upper brain thought about this kind of situation when you were not in the moment with your lower brain throwing this urge at you, okay? So, for those of you who like breaking rules, stop having rules for certain things, <laughs> and then that part won't come into play so much, right? And you can even frame it in this way, like, uh, you can almost tell yourself, like, hey, not making this a rule for myself, that is breaking the rules, right? And that can be kind of exciting to that part, because, guys, breaking rules sometimes is, uh, it makes waves, it makes positive changes, right? Like, I was learning about, uh, this is my last thing, I promise, <laughs> learned about Rosa Parks a little bit recently, and how uh, she broke the rules, right? Rosa Parks, she was black, she was told to ride in the back of the bus, that black people don't get to ride in the front, and she broke the rules. And what did it lead to? Some awesome, much-needed changes, right? Uh, it created this ripple effect in a powerful way. So she led off by breaking the rules, okay? So um, where can you break the rules in a way that actually uh, serves you, that actually uses that part of you to your advantage, right? Maybe the first way to break the rules is to stop saying that I need to make it a rule for me to not look at porn, right? Because then there's no rule to break there, and you just get to choose, okay, what do I want for me in my life? So that's what I've got for you today. Uh, I'll see you next time. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, I want to invite you to rate it and to share it with one or two people you think could also benefit. The podcast is available on all the platforms, wherever you like finding your podcasts. If you want more information on what I offer, go to dannypullman.com and make sure you spell Pullman, P-O-E-L-M-A-N. And remember, we're talking about porn, but this is about so much more than just porn.